I did think of something that I think would be very fun, uh, which would be I found some wrestling related BuzzFeed quizzes. Someone okay. in the theme of the teen bop quizzes. Now, the thing that's very interesting about this is I anticipate being able to know the answers outright. So I can yes. help guide you and hint towards what might be the correct answers. Welcome to the Chunky Peanut Butter Podcast. It's chunky. It's smooth. It's no longer just a spread you put on toast or bread. It's a podcast with your host, Heather, and your co-host, Ben. Welcome back to episode 21. This time, Ben quizzes me on some pro wrestling facts, which I actually do quite well on considering I am not that into wrestling, though after this, I think I might give it a shot because there is a lot of fun going on in those rings. Also fun, Ben and I catch up on some reality TV shows, so if you are a fan of those, especially the ones on Netflix, you are not going to want to miss the tea. And, of course, we find ourselves in the ever-popular Conspiracy Corner. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us, stopping by to check in. Make sure you follow us on social media at Chunky Peanut Butter. And do not forget to follow along the podcast, tell your friends, start some conversations. And we're going to get into this just about now. For reference, everybody, hello, welcome to the podcast. Yes, I don't really know anything about wrestling, but we have some wrestling fans, I think. Well, I'm a fan of the podcast, and I'm also a fan of wrestling, so we definitely do. And Tim. And, yep, yep, Tim. Tim's into it, too. Yeah, I think, I think there's a surprising number of uh, pro wrestling fans that are also Chunky Peanut Butter fans. Uh, I, I feel like chunky peanut butter is like the pro wrestling of podcasts like it's a sport like we're we're formidable we're tough we're 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 not staged but we're not too serious yes i uh, the like the likelihood of someone being hurt is reduced but not completely impossible I guess the only difference with wrestling is that they know how it's going to end and we don't. We don't know how it will end. Usually with uh, an, uh, us plugging the Instagram and asking That's people, true. we do know, we, we know how, like what happens right before that, we don't know, but there's a little bit of a business at the end. All right. I will be sharing my screen for the listener at home. I will try not to be too descriptive so that I give away anything, but I will just say this. The first one is a pretty, pretty great one. Um, and I'll get into describing it as we go. Okay. So this is meant to be a real softball. Who is this? Uh, your options are Bret Hart, Owen Hart, or Jimmy Hart. Oh no. Uh, this kid, the, I don't know if this is a trick. For the listeners at home, uh, the person is wearing a black leather jacket, uh, pink tights, uh, and has kind of stringy, greasy-ish looking uh, dark brown hair. Okay, I'm going to say Bret Hart. 
because that's okay, the only name I know. Okay, okay. But yeah, I don't know right. if that's right. That is correct. Okay. Yay, yes. I know a wrestler. I yes, want to get into wrestling. That was Bret Hart, a very clear image of Bret Hart. Uh, all right, number two. Who is this 80s to 90s WWF legend scaring the living bejesus out of Vince McMahon? And it's a picture of a gentleman wearing a uh, white t-shirt with like a red ringing around the arm and neck. Uh, and he's kind of pointing at Vince McMahon. All right, <laughs> your options, Heather, are Rowdy Roddy Piper, Sid Justice, or Jim Duggan. Oh my gosh. Well, I know who Vince McMahon is, but I always thought it was McMahon, like man, not M-E-H-O-N. So I'm learning. Um, I and... can't hear a difference between what you just said and the other one. So oh, okay. yes, Vin- McMahon. Like McMahon? a man, like a man that walks down McMahon. the street. How like would you man... pronounce it that isn't like McMahon? McMahon? Well, I, I, I knew how it was pronounced. I didn't know how it was spelt. I've never seen it written ah, down, and I've never actually okay. seen him. So this is tricky because I have heard of two of these people. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I don't, I, I he looks I would, like he could be a Roddy, a Rowdy Roddy Piper. Is that your final answer? Um, No, because because it doesn't seem like it's right. Oh, oh no. but maybe it is. Oh no, but maybe it is. Okay. He's he's like got strawberry blonde hair, everyone. It looks like it could be the eighties, mm-hmm. early eighties yep. in this photo. Yep. So that's actually a very okay, good I'm way of describing it. Not quite rowdy, past shoulder length. Yeah, like a, a very like, like a, a flow. Like a mop. Yeah, like a flow. Very flow like. He's he's not very big. Compared to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's like six three. Is People he really? don't know but this about Vince McMahon. He's a big guy. I thought I thought you needed like I know wrestlers like The Rock, so he's huge. He, he's not even a wrestler anymore. So I'm going to say Rowdy Roddy Piper. Great one. Yes, absolutely <gasps> correct. So this. far, so good. This is what uh, I know. Okay. Uh, here is number three, and it is two pictures. Uh, which of these wrestlers is Diesel? They look, for reference, everyone, they look exactly the same. They both have dark hair, long mm-hmm. One is curly, one has a goatee. So I'm thinking, based solely on the fact that the guy with stubble looks more like a somebody that you'd see in like a a rowdy biker bar. Uh huh. He's Diesel. The other guy looks too nice. <laughs> okay, so uh, and it, just for the listeners at home, uh, this is a picture of the Outsiders tag team, uh. <laughs> Featuring uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And Heather has incorrectly identified Scott Hall as Diesel. No, No. Kevin Nash. This guy on the left, he's Diesel. He's slick. Yes, the other guy was Razor Ramon. Wow. Wow. Now, are they they fight together? They did. They did. Uh, unfortunately, Scott Hall passed away a few years ago, but he uh, he's a, he was a lovely guy while around. And these, yes, they performed as the Outsiders for many years as a tag team uh, and That's had great nice. individual success. Uh, 
Diesel slash Kevin Nash being a multi-time WWF WCW champion. I think he might have even had a run with TNA belt. Uh, and uh, Razor Ramon being multi-intercontinental title reign. I think he was the U.S. champion for a time. He, he's just also one of the guys that was so good that he never really needed a belt. He was just compelling and interesting, and you'd want him to watch whatever he was going to do regardless. And his pants stayed up. Oh, their pants both stayed up. Really good. All right. Moving on. Okay. Uh, which one of these wrestlers is Adam Baum? Whoa. One of them looks like some really bad prom date. He's wearing a collared shirt in this one. He looks almost like he reminds me of um, not Edward, but the ve- the werewolf. What's his face? Uh, with Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Yeah. If he Jacob, was like bulkier. Jacob, right, right. Team Jacob. Okay, all yeah, the he's way. got a bit of a Jacob vibe. Uh, I think again, the other one looks also they all all these wrestlers look similar except for Rowdy Rod. Uh, but I'm gonna say the one that is not the smiling guy with his smiley teeth is Adam Bomb. The one Adam showing Baum. his teeth. Yes, Adam Bomb, I get it. You are correct. Yes, that's Adam Bomb, also known as Brian Clark, uh, who went on to be a tag team wrestler uh, with uh, another gentleman by the name of Brian Adams uh, in their tag team, was named Chronic and spelled with two Ks. Interesting, interesting. Now, you know, you're knowing all these answers, aren't you, Ben? Absolutely. There has not been a single thing about this that has been a surprise or unexpected. Yes. I have. I think I'm doing great. You're doing great. Yes. There was only one answer that I had to correct for you Uh, because I want this to still show up as a perfect score for us. Uh, Okay. What's the name of this ill-fated tag team duo? The Rollers, the Rockers, or the U.S. Express? Oh, geez. Okay, they look not intimidating at all. They don't look friendly. Like, they look friendly. They look like they're ready to go to a Jane Fonda workout video. Yes, yes. That's um, very, very the style of that time. I believe so. I think, oh, this is tricky. I feel like it's always in my top two. I'm going to say they're the rollers. The rockers. I'm saying the rockers. Final answer. Absolutely correct. It was the Rockers. Yay! <laughs> uh, Sean Michaels and Marty Janetti. Their breakup infamously occurred in uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake's barbershop segment. Sean Michaels put Marty Janetti through a plate glass window, signaling the end of the Rockers. Did that upset a lot of people? I feel like that would upset me. I don't like it when friends fight. I was bummed out at the time. I forget what I. Th- I think that was like early 90s, maybe late 80s. So I was into it and was very much a fan of the Rockers tag team. So when Shawn Michaels turned heel and super kicked his buddy through the plate class window, it, it was it was tough. It was a tough time <laughs> at the old ball household. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All I right. Here sad. we go. Okay. Got another one. What about this tag team duo? It's two dudes in like leather duster jackets and they've got greasy mohawks and they have uh, like a like a mullet style back part, uh, but shaved sides. OK, sunglasses, sunglasses. And one of them's missing a tooth. So 
Is this the Natural Disasters, the Nasty Boys, or the Bushwhackers? Oh my goodness. Again, okay. I, I almost feel like I should take one out just for everyone at home. Okay, sure. But then you don't have to give me any. So I don't think they're the Bushwhackers. Right. Because you're familiar but, with the Bushwhackers? No, I'm going all based on looks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going based on what they look like they would be named because Fantastic. I fancy I'm good at naming things. But yes. I, I think they could be. See, that's the thing. I think they could be the nasty boys because they don't look like other wrestlers. They're not fancy. They just look mm, like two mm. mean guys. Right. So I uh, think they could be the nasty boys. Is that your final answer? Yes. You are correct. It is the Yay! nasty boys. <laughs> oh, Surprisingly. yeah. All right. You're doing great. All right. How many more of these we got? Because we might it's need to base. cut out at a certain point. Okay. There's a we'll we'll go quick. I'll stop. Uh, all right. Questioning all right, all right. I'll go fast. Choices. And we'll go speed round here and I will not correct you. Okay. Which one of these guys is Brooklyn Brawler? Uh, one dude looks like he's got like a torn up shirt and the other guy is a black man with uh, a dyed yellow uh, hairdo. I think it is the, the yellow head guy. You're because wrong. The other one. No. Nope. Yep. That is Coco Beware. Uh, the uh. other guy is the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, all right. Who is, is this guy? Oh, uh, no. it, it's just a shirtless uh, black guy that if you know who he is, you know absolutely who he is. Uh, okay. Uh, the name options are Virgil, Mo, or Ted DiBiase. Ooh, okay, I'm going to say Mo because he doesn't have any outfit on. You're wrong. His name is Virgil. No. He was no! the uh, he was the manservant uh, slash second slash butler for Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Who is this wrestler uh, with his manager, Mister Fuji, the Berserker, the Warlord, or the Barbarian? Oh, here I was like, oh, he's dressed like a German, so I'm gonna know this. Um, he could be the the Barbarian. You're wrong. The... It's the Berserker. No, I'm second guessing. Yep. I don't do well in the lightning rounds. Which of these wrestlers is Jim Neidhart? Uh, oh, they God. both kind of have singlets, but one's got a long, pointy goatee, and the other guy doesn't have his hair. He's bald. Everyone looks the same. The Let's say goatee guy. You're right. That's Jim Neidhart. Yes. All right. What's the name of these tag team champions? The Heavenly Bodies, High Energy, or the Quebecers? <laughs> oh, no. Um, let's say High Energy. You're wrong. Quebecers. No. Yes, 100%. How is that Quebec? Uh, they were initially one of the guys was named the Mountie. And then when they became a tag team, they kind of adopted his Mountie based uniform for a, a period of time. That is a Mountie uniform. Yes. Uh, which of these guys is Curtis Hughes? Uh, one dude is a black guy with a black top or a flat top. Uh, one guy is a pale white man with a towel over his shoulder. And the other one is King Kong Bundy. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, the guy with the flat top haircut. You're right. That is yes. Curtis Hughes. Wonderful. Okay. What was the name of this tag team oh. featuring our, arguably the greatest mustache in the history of mustaches? Is it Cousin Luke and Cousin Butch? Well done. Or the Steiner Brothers? Let's say the Steiner Brothers? 100% correct. Yay! I yes. know so much about wrestling. Which 
wrestler had a very short-lived WWF career in the early 90s, but who is it? This guy. Is it Ricardo Repento, Damian Demento, or Lorenzo Lamento? Let's say Damian Demento? You are lucky, because that is correct. Which of these hairy men is Skinner? Whoa, none of them look like wrestlers. Is it the Australian-looking guy? With his little hat and his plaid? With the hat. You're right. That's Skinner. Okay, who is this gigantic man? It's just a really tan dude that uh, we know he is British. uh, And he's got, like, muscles. Okay, is it the British boxer, the British banger, or the British bulldog? Say British bulldog? Yes. You have to. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay, fantastic. Who is this? Uh, is it the wizard, the warlord, or the warlock? And it's a dude wearing like a like a top piece, armor piece with like a scepter that has a W. Man, the let's say the warlock. Close, it's the warlord. Ah. Yes. And who is this? They have color corrected him terribly. Uh, is it chains, Zeus, or Hercules? It's a man wearing a giant metal chain. This could be a trick. I'm going to say Chains. You're incorrect. It's Hercules. He does not look like a Hercules. Well, his test of strength, right? He was very strong. Uh, What about this guy? It's just a dude. Well, it's Carrie Von Eric, uh, but that won't help her. Uh, Wearing a purple, uh, you know, wrestling undies. Uh, Is it the Houston Hurricane, the Texas Tornado, or the Tennessee Typhoon? Let's say the Tennessee Typhoon. Incorrect. It's the Texas Tornado. Yes. Finally. I think wrestling undies is quite amusing. Okay, these two. Which of these guys is Axe? Okay, neither of them have an Axe. Yes. One of them is named Axe. One of them is named Smash. Okay, Axe is the silver one. Okay, and you're correct. Yay! Yes. And we got a hundred percent on that. One hundred. I will say, I did actually all right. I think I probably good, yeah. did like above fifty percent, and it just goes to show that wrestling really? is based on image. Yes, yes. I think there's a lot of easy visualization happening there. Okay, uh, so I will ask you then, Ben. Okay, fantastic. Which, what do you like? Which wrestling moves are your favorite? Oh, it is such a tough thing to call out. When I was a younger fella, I was a massive fan of the power bomb where you would, you know, flip someone upside down and slam them down on their back really hard. Uh, it looked really impressive. It was Kevin Nash's finishing move was a power bomb variation called the jackknife power bomb. That was rad. Sometimes people would do a sit out. So they would jump up in the air and they would land at the same time as the guy when you're power bombing them. Uh, some uh, Mike Awesome was kind of famous for doing it off the top rope. He would manage and he was massive. He's like six seven, six nine, and he would get another big beefy guy up, and they're both balancing on the top of these ropes uh, on the top, and then they would figure out a way for him to like flip him, flip the other guy upside down, and slam him down on his back somehow. Uh, just the coordination would be insane. So I think, I think for the longest time, power bomb. And then in terms of moves that 
No, I think Powerbomb. I would have to say Powerbomb. It's a little dangerous at times, but it's just so it's very visually impressive. And it does seem like for the most part, it can be safe. How about yourself? Uh, I don't know many wrestling moves, but I mean, I think that's the one when I think of wrestling, it's like you pick somebody up and you throw them down. I like it when they like bounce somebody off the ropes Irish and then whip. when they come back the the Irish whip, because it's always so cheeky. Cause they're like, Oh, I I'm so tough. Like I don't even need to be holding you the whole time. Like I'm so strong. I'm just going to throw you around. Yes. I can throw you so hard at those ropes that you have no choice, but to bounce back at me. And then I'm just going to mess you up some more. Yeah. Did they ever like run into like just hold their fist out and then the person like bounces into their fist or their elbow 100%. or does it? Yes. See, that's yeah. Wrestling would be interesting. I like it now. I don't know. Is it offensive to say that it's staged or is that still we don't talk about it? No, uh, we talk about it all the time. It's one. Of, but because of that whole stigma behind it being. Like the term is kayfabe where they would just it, they would never admit that it was fake. Uh, that was the the deal for the longest time. You never admit that it's fake. I think until the eighties, when Vince McMahon got in trouble for steroids and had to basically say it was fake. Uh, it, like they've never, they would never come out and say, "Hey, it's predetermined. It's fake. Whatever." After that, of course, cats out of the bag. Everybody talks about it all the time. A lot of people knew before that, but you know now it's just public knowledge. But I think just there's this general public grudge uh, against wrestling that we still feel like, even though it's similar in context to like a play or the ice capades or Harlem Globetrotters, like if someone goes to the Harlem Globetrotters, they don't say, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters are going to win, right? It's all bullshit. Like, you know, yeah. you, when you go to see the play, like you go to see a play, you're like, you know, uh, fucking Aladdin gets Jasmine at the end of this. It's already set up like it's going to happen. Like I see that. I mean, I love stage combat. When I was at RADA in England, actually, we had unarmed combat and uh, like stage combat who a yeah. little bit of a flex. The teacher was the guy that choreographed the Princess Bride fight Ooh, scene, like the um, okay. the cool. on top of the cliff. You know, ah, but I'm not left-handed, or I, well, I'm right-handed. Anyway, yeah, it's been too long. Um, so I appreciate that because I don't actually ever want to see somebody get punched. Like I don't like physical violence, and I don't want to watch something like I get no joy out of watching people hurt each other it's something ryan and i do often talk about in hockey because of just the like they're playing hockey but then they have to fight each other and i don't want anybody to hurt each other so i but i love jackie chan and like a lot of taekwondo and karate sparring has that control where you're not full forcing it it's about the like the the spectacle Yes. Well, and some of my my favorite pro wrestling right now are some of the like, uh, of course, I'm going to like the older wrestlers, the ones that I've been watching since I was a kid. Uh, Some of the stuff going on in AEW is really interesting to me. Uh, I just watched uh, AEW Dynamite that was on this past Wednesday. And what stood out to me was, which was a lot of fun, is they had this match and one of the participants was Sting from like the 80s the 90s the 2000s you've been seeing him wrestle forever like sting and 
he was involved in the match, but at certain points you could see that you could see a little bit of the wires. Like you could see a little bit of the cooperation happening and that guy being taken care of. But at the same time, like I I want to see that at that point, at this point in my life, I want to see that that guy is being kept safe and I'm okay if it doesn't look for a moment like that guy's about to be murdered uh, in order for me to be able to enjoy Sting for a few more years rather than, oh, yeah, no, you got to have it be snug, brother. And then, you know, someone just doesn't talk right moving forward because they had to make it look good for television. That makes sense. Now, does wrestling look as good live? as It, it probably looks better live. It's probably... Because like everybody's into it, everybody's having fun, and it, it's almost like a circus. It's very circus-like. Yes, I, the times I've been, it has a very circus vibe to it. Even kind of starts the same way as a circus does with a a ringleader coming out. They basically have a host come out and introduce the show and introduce the idea of it, like similar to the Muppet Show, similar to many different shows that are kind of about the production of the show and how the show is going to go uh, like house shows as well as TV. A lot of the, the structure is around that for WWE and then for AEW, it, there isn't quite such a direct narrative structure to the show. It's more, these are the competitors and these are their internal competitions amongst one another. Like there are different storylines. Anyway, it, no, but I, it, I love it. I, it's I mean, very I, know, I shouldn't say play I love into it. the crowd. Like there was, there was so much play into the crowd at this house show I went to for the WWE back in the summer. Uh, you know, just lots of interaction. You can see people are just getting into it, and it kind of reminds you why you get into wrestling to begin with, which is you're manufacturing these sports moments that you could never be confident are going to happen in an actual competitive space. Like, you know, you look at amateur wrestling, there's none of the, no one does a single flip, Heather. It's not one flip. Uh, I want more flips. Then that's why pro wrestling is there. You can see some of the craziest flippinest. One in a thousand would never happen in a competitive space reliably, but in pro wrestling, that's how the match ends every time. You get that every time. That magical thing, that once in a lifetime thing that you would never see, you know, it's the freaking bat flip at the end of that iconic Jays game. But every time, like the rock comes out and does the most amazing promo you've ever seen every time he shows up, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to hit the F5. He's going to take a 300 pound man and spin him 360 degrees before he lands every time. Like that's rad. I think too, there's an appeal to playing the villain, like any comedy fans, Leslie Nielsen, comedy genius, he actually started playing the villain. And there's something so awesome about like, just being able to like tap into that carnal part of humanity without it being real. Like if you asked me to be a villain, I a hundred percent would be, would love to be a villain, but only if it was not actually real, like harm being done to someone, because I have no desire to cause harm, but it's fun. It's more fun to be bad. 
Absolutely. And again, within the scope of wrestling, it's that pantomime villainy because you can only ever go so far. And then you you lose you like you can't go beyond that point right because no one's going to actually hurt anybody you're always talking about within the confines of the the show uh favorite another old wrestler example but like some of the stuff that jeff jarrett's doing right now on aew is very much almost like a cowardly heel like no don't hit me and like run away like classic bad guy stuff but you can tell he's loving it He's having the best time of his life, uh, just you know, playing up, getting the go to the crowd, like getting people mad at him, but mad in a way because you can see that he's trying to get you mad and you can't help yourself, and you just you boo him, but you're booing him with a smile on your face. Sounds like medieval times too. You were saying that medieval times is really like obviously yeah. yeah. Everybody knows who's gonna be the bad knight, and and you don't know who's gonna win, but you know who the villain is. But there's still like chance in it. I think it sounds like a great thing. I think it's something probably the sport that I would be most interested in because it is. But then again, I I've never seen the Harlem Globetrotters, but I would much prefer to see that. Maybe again, that I'm not a huge sports fan, but I really appreciate the human body. Maybe it's from the theater I did and from like dance. Like I appreciate the muscle memory and the skill that goes into like having to learn how to do these things and control your body and control everything, even when it's so crazy, I think. But I I don't really like, I guess in a weird way, I feel like any two people that know how to like swing a punch or do something, they can just go into a ring and like flail and wail at each other. And, mm-hmm. and like hurt their faces, but like, I don't, and their bodies, but I don't really want, that doesn't have to happen in today, today's day and age. Totally agree. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm thinking of our, um, our hockey basketball game we tried to rig and it, that's the same thing. Like I would love, um, Brian did something. They, he was a ex hockey player that was doing Cirque du Soleil. And so he was like doing on ice. So he was doing like skateboarding moves on his skates and everything. And I think I would much rather see people use their skills to not do what they're supposed to do than than actually just watch people play. Like if I'm going to watch a sport, I think I'd rather just be doing it and playing it. Interesting. Gotcha. Okay. So you're sort of... Now, does that mean that your sport would need to be accessible to you or just that any sport that you can't pick up and get into right away, you're like, ah, it's too well, hard, you know, complicated. If it, weren't, if it weren't for bullies and high school gym class and like bad flashbacks, I would probably try any sport. Like if it wasn't for the fact that I don't know sports well and I might not be that good at them, I would mm-hmm. love, like I like to toss the rock. I've never really shot a puck. And I'm working on skating, but I'd like to try it. Uh, I'm oddly acceptable at basketball. And I mean, like, my aim is okay, but I've never really played basketballs in school. Like, volleyball and badminton were really my strong suits. (laughs) The standing reflex ones. Nice. I also loved volleyball. uh, Because there was the least amount of running. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of leaping one direction or another, but like the yeah, amount of times you're running not, nah, not, nah, not so much. You know, you get a good not serve. Good. You're basically a hundred percent of the way there. 
Now, I did play dodgeball as an adult. I had a, one of my roommates years, years back was in a dodgeball league. That was quite fun. And like, I, but then I'd rather do a capture the flag or like a, one of those things where you've got ribbons tied to you. I, I mean, I always flag prefer football. a bit of espionage. Yeah, flag football is um, good. Oh, yeah. I played actually, and I would still 100% play it like any chance I get. Like, I hope there's lots more opportunities in my life. But my friends and I, um, we came up with a game called Prowlers. And it was basically hide and go seek. But okay. the the goal was to sneak around. So you had to wear all black. And sometimes okay. it was outside at night. Uh-huh. Or sometimes it was in a house. If you were lucky and like the parents weren't home or this or that, it was in a house. And okay. it was basically about hiding. But right. the idea wasn't wasn't that you just hid. It's that you moved around. So you would sort of try to to move from spot to spot. So when the, the seeker came to, to close to you, you'd hide. And then you'd, I'm just getting so excited now talking about it. Uh-huh. And then when they left, you would kind of sort of move to a different spot. So it was about... Kind of okay. haunting the seeker or like seeing the seeker uh, and but spying on them. So right. It wasn't so you a stagnant would be, thing. You would be trying to get as close to them as you could while not being discovered. Like there was that quality of it. Yeah. And if you got away with a spot, that meant it was too good. So you would then when they went by you, you would maybe go to where they'd just been or mess them around. And it was always in the dark. And as a result, I get, I'm really good at finding spots and also finding people because you look for like where the shadows are it's very good and um oddly enough the last time i played this was i mean it was about eight or nine years ago and it was Uh um my my partner at the time my sister and my sister's now husband but he was it was her boyfriend and he hadn't met my parents yet and he was over at the house when we had this, the house in Aurora and I was visiting from the city. And so it was the four of us alone in like a, a suburb house. And we're like, let's turn all the lights off and play Prowlers. And he's like, what's Prowlers? And we're like, oh, you, you have to hide and do all this. So we did like a few rounds and then he was it. And he goes into the guest bathroom and he's counting and the lights are all off in the house and we all hide. And my mom and dad come home. Oh my God. Oh no. (laughs) And we all stayed hidden. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's there wandering around the house looking for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and like, oh, hi, I'm I'm so-and-so, you know, I'm I'm dating your daughter. And they knew of him. But right. it was just hilarious because they like he turned the lights on. And then thankfully, they knew what Prowlers was because I'd had a, a cousin <laughs> okay, actually yeah. like sprain his ankle. I, sorry, I sprained my ankle playing this game at a certain point. Yeah. And then somebody else chipped a tooth over the years so it's a dangerous game dangerous yeah dangerous i do have to say usually we start the episode off touching on all the reality tv shows i feel like that's a segment we accidentally do but people are very into uh, people are very into our recaps of the netflix series okay Uh, so i i have now finished outlast that's what I was wondering. How did you, because we were talking about wrestling, about how it's like, oh, it's real and it's scripted. And I was actually thinking about reality shows that are sort of real, but then they're also done up. But I think it's, Outlast was yeah. pretty legit, but they it, can't hurt each other. Yeah, it did seem it did seem pretty legit. I think there was a really interesting 
like it kind of got towards how survivor was when it first started like the experiment of it was very compelling and i think they did a good job of setting up like a really interesting experiment you get four you know 16 people four groups of four you gotta you know group up out of nowhere and each person is a uniquely individual individual like not inclined to work in groups not likely to you know get along with folks opinionated would sooner be spending this time alone rather than out here with other people but to then have to spend time with other people it's so compelling very interesting uh also that question what would happen if you put survivors somewhere where they couldn't hang out in uh in like their underwear <laughs> like it, it, it answers that question because you you become very dependent on the clothing that you have available to you in the alaskan wilderness and then if the thievery the thievery in that show was very upsetting and then like even then there were like threats and yeah, yeah. what did you I think? got so well I I liked the outcome I was happy because obviously yes. I didn't want the you know I didn't want the people that lost to win even though I feel terrible why, cuz why I didn't, didn't you didn't want to say I didn't want the women to win well, That's, no, you were I, trying I to was, avoid saying I don't well, want the I, women I wasn't, to win. I didn't want to give a full spoiler to be like who, because the last bit was like the way they edited it. I'm not sure how close it was in real life, but the way it was edited together made it seem like they were like right, like anybody, like they were right there, yes. right on top of each other. But I, I just, I think I liked the story. Like in my mind, it was a TV show, but it was also like I'd watched a lot of like the like the spartan tv show or the vikings or these like scripted historic documentaries and i wanted the good team to win like the good guys right to win. right and, yeah and, like the people that had played ethically the people that were were supporting each other as opposed to i mean there was a nice little relationship between the two women that was really cool and really sweet but they had like been so horrible that if they'd won i think it would have sort of shown that humans like have to be mean like they I just didn't like their game play and I didn't like how they'd won and they were just mean I felt really bad when they kicked the guy out and then the guy like did some choices that anyone would do and then the other team found out and they decided to not accept him you felt bad for that guy I didn't feel so bad but I was yeah. like I just felt like the one team was making decisions because they didn't want the women to retaliate I 100% agree with that. Yes. And they that's said, like letting bullies win. Yeah, they they said it was that they didn't want to play that kind of game, but I it was absolutely the veiled threat of what the women would do should they not adhere to cuz they had that loose agreement that once they had gotten rid of that other crew, then then they would fight it out fair amongst them. Yeah. And then that's also just them kind of coming over the top and be like, we wouldn't consider that to be fair. And it's like a real threat. Like there, there was a lot of threats being thrown around. And the the scary thing is when folks were throwing those around, it really seemed like they had kicked over into another gear of survival where they didn't see any problem with yeah. threats or damaging things or 
impeding other players in any way, shape, or form. Like, just spooky. Spooky the amount of how hardcore they were with it. I think, yeah. Well, I think it tapped into my, I do not like anarchy. Which is weird, because, like, I I live outside of the societal norms. So I'm not saying I love society or, like, following rules. But I, I don't like anarchy. You don't really see it anywhere in nature. And where you do, it doesn't really work out, especially with like hum- the human species and like survival. Yeah. And it it always comes to like, do we want to be the the smarter, the bigger species? And do we want to be able to say that what we've evolved is our brain? Really, that's the only advantage. Thumbs and brains are all humans have that have gotten us to where we are. True. And I just don't like even movies with anarchy in them. I get very like a very deep rooted discomfort. And I'm not sure if it's because I don't think it scares me because again, I would, I could be a villain in another world. I could be a villain, but I, I don't like the idea. Maybe just, it's not orderly. There's no order to it. There's no expectations. And I don't want to have to be like sleeping and worried. I don't know. I just do not like anarchy at all. Uh, I think that that's fair. Well, that, that's sort of, you know, that speaks to being uncomfortable with instability. And I think, in a lot of ways, I think when people say that they are into anarchy, I feel like it's more just a expression of dissatisfaction with the status quo. Yeah, because I, you know, because like true anarchy isn't even anarchy the way that it's described. True anarchy is low scale communism. Uh, in terms which of how, which I would love, I would love, yeah. I would love. If it didn't constantly lead to a oligarchs or a ruling elite, communism sounds amazing. But a lot of the time that people try to get communism going, it ends up with a group of people or one person having a lot and everybody else having yeah. nothing. It's a power thing, I think. Like, I'm a big Absolutely. fan of, like, a benevolent dictator. Like, a like almost like a mother figure. Not, not doesn't have to be male or female, but, like, that sort of, like, an elder. Like, a, yes. the, the wisest, most an level-headed altruistic, person. benevolent leader would be ideal because you get the benefit of it being good things, which we generally get towards from consensus standpoint. And that's why there's so many different filters on our laws before they become laws. So, but you would get things faster because it would just be this person's whim uh, that makes the decisions happen. But on the downside, if they turn it all, you're done. Like it's, you know, they have the mechanism to do things quickly, including, you know, a lot of imprisonment or a lot of killing. Yes, yeah. Very, well, that's it. It's because it's, it's always in the application of it because you you'd have to find somebody that was educated and open minded and willing to truly listen. Like it's more about judgment at that point because you said whim, and hopefully it's not on their whim because that's like they it would be like somebody who was very good at weighing their decisions, someone that was like very careful and level-headed in their choices so that they could say, oh, this is your side and this is your side, but this is how I am processing both of it based on my, like, it would, like, it'd have to be an experienced elder person. It'd have to basically be somebody that had, like, the person that has seen the most 
and has the most knowledge all over in general and little want too. That's the trick is that if they are not involving themselves in it, because I do, I do think the best way to get a good answer is to go to somebody who isn't necessarily involved, but has good judgment and will just right. act and as almost Im- a mediator. Impartial advisor. I, I think, and like, I think this would be great if it was possible to occur. I think in a lot of ways, you know, that statement, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If we're talking about dictatorship, we're talking about absolute power, right? The double-edged sword of being able to get things done quick is that you could get whatever you want done quick. And it's, yeah, it just seems to lead down this road of never quite staying benevolent, if you will. (laughs) I think some cultures have done it all right like i know i don't know as much as i would like to about the indigenous culture but from what i've heard now again i think it gets much easier when there's smaller groups i read a study and i've seen it brought up a few times that people can feel empathy and compassion for up to like about 30 people and it's genuine yeah Around 30, but if once it gets to be more than 30, you just can't care as much. So I think it was a lot easier to do this when there were less people. Now you you can't make everyone happy. And even if you're close to making everyone happy, there's going to be some jerk out there that just thinks cereal is soup. That's insane. And 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 just wants to be contrary or somebody that thinks that they're getting ripped off. If they yep. go to that, so it's it's very hard to please everyone. But I do wish it could happen because the problem with democracy is that we don't really like it's a very gray kind of democracy we've all got going on, and everybody's democracy is a little different. Mm-hmm. But then when you start getting consumerism and capitalism in on it, yep. unfortunately, people do want to follow. I know it's not an it's an unpopular opinion, especially from somebody who isn't following the societal norm. People would much rather just go with some easy options than reinvent the wheel. Yes. And I, I definitely think you're, you're touching on something there when you mentioned capitalism and consumerism when coupled with democracy is that you add people's interest that isn't necessarily for the common good. It's for the increase of commerce or maybe their own personal or private good or their, you know, their family's good or their town's good or their group who whatever they see is being good you know and then yes that is still democracy because their voice should only be as relative to the size of their you know their person but still you're you know the idea of consumerism having or capitalism having a say on democratic laws that maybe aren't directly related to commerce right like all the time drugs become legal based on influence in some cases uh, rather than maybe it being the best drug or it would be recommended uh, based on influence rather than it potentially, you know, it might be one of three or four great drugs for something, but that one, the doctor gets put into a raffle. Maybe that one's the one that's getting selected. Like, there's yeah. there's always going to be a thumb on the scale somewhere so we're never going to get to a place of like pure democratic 
greatest possible good without any kind of bullshit on it. There's always going to be a little bit of bullshit. Yeah. Well, and it's even just so hard to get. Oh, funny, I'm thinking of the drug companies too. Like there's a lot of fear mongering that makes you think certain things, especially mm-hmm. like right now in Ontario and in Can- I think in the world, but like mortgage prices are going up and everything's going crazy. So we're, we're in a democracy, but we're, it's all based on fear really. And so we have to live our lives based on fear. Yeah. I'm just going to retroactively call it out here because we just entered into Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner. corner we're back conspiracy, in Conspiracy Corner. corner. I knew. I saw you do that. And I yeah, was like, yeah, here we are. Yeah, in here, it's always... We found ourselves in Conspiracy Corner. I mean, it is usually the same conspiracy, which isn't even a conspiracy. The world is ending as we know it. Right. And I wish it was a conspiracy. Yeah. I I wish. But yeah, yeah, there's so much about it. We're so serious, Ben, though. I do want to give us like a little gold star for being a serious podcast. Like we're taking things very seriously today. We should try to loosen up a little bit, right? This is a very good. Yes. Well, (laughs) it is. It's true. Because I, well, I started watching Love is Blind. Ooh, I have not seen any Love is Blind. So is that the one where you like meet up with people and like try to date through a wall? Yes, it's the it's the wall dating one. And okay. it's falling apart it, um, season by season because people, I think people know now. I don't know if this is a little conspiracy too. I don't know if this is later, but I think people know. This I, think I've, the... I think I've heard what you're talking about. Okay, keep going though. Oh yeah. But I think it's the the level of celebrity that's coming from these people on the Netflix reality shows. Oh, okay. I think they're starting to be more self-aware. So it's it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, like I guess for for like you and me, we we have headshots and we're kind of trained. So if we were to be on a reality TV show, it I don't even know if it'd be full reality because we're aware enough. And I think in the beginning of reality TV, it was just like an everyday person. Oh, I'm thinking of Average Joe. Great reality TV show. Yes. Or yes. Joe Schmo show, whichever one it was. Um, but yeah, Joe like people, Miller, it was, the Joe shows. yeah, it was more of a reality thing. Whereas now they're all coming on knowing how it works, knowing the success rate. And it seems to yeah. be more like less, um, genuine perhaps, right? perhaps what I had heard. And I want, I wanted to get your take on is that some folks would ask questions on this that would sort of give away physical attributes of the other contestants like do people do that and is that like do people get mad if they start to figure out like hey i love taking long walks would that be something you'd be capable of doing <laughs> you know what people i think they're pretty good there was one guy like it might be the editing because okay, i yeah. i've noticed season by season they really just focus in on a few people right off the bat and there's a lot of people you see in the guy's house and the girl's house, but you're like, where's their story? Why haven't I seen them on any dates? So it's like right away, they get right into it. But there was one guy that was sort of asking those questions, but that was only in this season. I think a lot of them have talked about it. And from the way they play it off, edited or not, a lot of them have this theory that that's cheating at the experiment. And they say they are in it to meet someone. So they will sort of say, let's not talk about any of our physical 
attributes. Now, sometimes names can give it away, like if it's a very, a name that lends itself to a certain ethnicity, there could be assumptions. Sure. One girl said she was Russian, but that doesn't specifically give much away. But when it comes to like certain physical attributes, there's still all, the one thing I wasn't as keen on is there's still all, how do I put this? I don't know if they're pretty people or if it's that there's a wardrobe and a makeup going on, okay. which there probably right. is, but there aren't a lot of people that are like real looking now. Sure. And so to say they don't look real, but like, I don't wear makeup. Would I, right. would I have to do that in that sense? Cause I'm on camera or like the girls all do seem quite high maintenance in a way, which I don't right. need to be judgy. No, no, but like they're very put together. They they all consistently seem to be the type of person that knows how to do like a full face of makeup and is doing it throughout the course of the and whether or not that's makeup a department or them themselves making that choice, but the choice is being made that that's how they're going to be. And like, given the time frame, you probably wouldn't choose to wear makeup every day for that long. Well, for the first, I think, week, you're not even, or six days, they, I couldn't tell the exact date, but for the first chunk, you're not even seeing these people. You're literally going yep. in, and though I did notice they all get a notebook with their name on it, and then I think they all get a fluffy blanket with their name on it, because I saw one of their names embroidered on one of their blankets, and then okay, I was nice. like, oh, they get blankets, because, you know, everybody in reality shows likes to sit with pillows over their tummy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. And blankets, which I don't really see people doing in real life that often. I don't know if maybe they do. I don't really hang out with normal people. So maybe this is a thing. Yeah. Comment below if that's normal. But yeah, none of them looked like actual people. And then I think it would have been nicer to mix it up a bit more. And I'm not saying to like play with heights and sizes and, you know, different things, but it seems like everybody is a certain cookie cutter way. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not, you're, it's very low risk when the reveal happens. Yes. Yes. The likelihood is that they're not going to be say over 200 pounds uh, or under 90 pounds, you know, like they're going to be within like that hundred pound range, roughly probably much closer to the, 100 then the 200 for the ladies and maybe the inverse slightly for the fellas yeah yeah i think i would like to now saying that like i as someone that was much heavy has been many different weights in my life and as a female has just always struggles with the body image thing it's tricky because i feel like it would be terrifying to like in high school to have gone on where i was judged a lot for my physical appearance and bullied for it like, this is the kind of thing that I would have loved. Somebody to just get to know me. Now, mind you, high school boys don't know what they're looking for anyway. Uh, neither do most people. It takes them a long time. <laughs> um, still fresh. Yeah, still. But, uh, well, it's, it's just true. Like, as soon as, you like, menish or manly boys, because there's all the different ages. But I think it would be interesting to actually really challenge people. Like to just make it a, but then, but then again, I'm sure the casting would get weird and everybody would have some sort of oddity and then it would just be (laughs) weird. And the comedian me is like, I don't even like know what to say now to be like, like a peg leg 
with a lady. Oh with my a God! Beard. Uh, Not that I they're believe, wrong. But... I believe it would be a, a person with a prosthetic. Is how you would call it, Heather. <laughs> That's uh, true. A guess. person with a prosthetic lower part of their leg. Uh, they not, could uh, choose a peg, like a pirate. I'm aesthetic. pretty sure pegs out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, no, but I like. Hey, I also think it's important to note, and this this is a thing I try to remember every time I'm looking at reality TV. Like whenever they say what their job is on that little ticker at the bottom, that's their second last job. Their most recent job is actor. They had to apply to, they are an actor. They applied to be on this show. They are acting. They are being asked to do shit on a show. They probably have like an agent uh, at this stage and have decided that they're going to act. And this is their sort of in. And like to your same point, like these things have a freaking ecosystem around them. Like the Bachelor in Paradise crew, I'm pretty sure they tour that stuff. Like you would yeah. go to different clubs and be like, my name is, I'm Heather from Bachelor in Paradise season six. Yeah, let's pop bottles all night that long. Is, like, and that well, would be it, all you'd have to do. It, they talked about an imperfect match a lot. Like it wasn't the plot, but it was what I was more interested in where they were like, oh, well, we, we used to hang out or like we hung out and we knew each other. So yeah, it does seem that like these reality show people roll together and they do promos. But I did. Well, there's like reality con, and then there's the uh, specter of going on the challenge, uh, which oh, yes. is the you know, as a rookie. Um, I should say though, there was I was watching a YouTuber, Toronto YouTuber Charlotte Dobre, who I do like. She used to do a list channel, very popular. Uh, maybe Dobre. one day she'll be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a Toronto lady, but she does like the the Reddit readouts as well. Okay. And yeah. she did a petty revenge and the petty revenge story. I don't remember who it was. Cause it was just like in one of her episodes, but the petty revenge was a coworker yeah. of somebody that was on a Netflix reality series. So he didn't say who didn't say which one, but this guy actually bailed on a work project called in sick, said it was COVID and was gone for like six weeks or like two months and when they actually the show came out, he ended up yeah. the person like the coworker ended up planning like a a work from home party it was when COVID was happening. They were encouraging like work teams to do stuff together. So he okay. had a watch party of the show that he knew his co- his like project leader had been on. Mm-hmm. So it was like so they might actually be semi real people that have semi real jobs, but then they're all calling in sick. Or like having to get the time off work, or lying about it. Ooh, I know. I wish I knew who the person was. I wish I knew it was a male from one of the shows. But it, anyway, that was my exciting, exciting thing. Other than that, I've been checking out some of the uh, Netflix has a run of like criminal shows. So there was an art heist documentary, oh, like a four okay. or five part series, which was really interesting. Um, just because like I'm an art nerd, so it was some really famous pieces of artwork that have been stolen and a db cooper documentary okay we have been watching this new show it's on ctv up here in canada for our international viewers uh i think it might be on hulu in the states i'm not sure but it's called will trent 
and it's it's like a detective show and there's generally like a murder that needs to be solved either in an episode or a couple different episodes and it's very fascinating and it's a small part of the overall show the show is mostly about this fellow will trent he's a detective from i believe georgia Uh, He works for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and he has dyslexia, so he is functionally illiterate. So he has to sort of navigate how to be a really great detective in spite of having this this kind of affliction uh, and how he navigates that and then how he interacts with other people on the force. But the very small thing that I'm very into is that he has a rescue chihuahua named Betty. And Betty is amazing. And Betty is only in the show for like maybe five, 10 minutes every episode. But Shadow and I are shouting at the TV more Betty every time we watch this show. And the show is good. Like I'm enjoying the show on top of it. Like it's very compelling characters. There's great mysteries, you know, your classic, which of the people at in the first five minutes of the episode that I saw is the killer. Right, like who will be revealed to have been the killer? One of those, I and love mysteries. It's it's really good. It's a good one, and along and it's season one, so you can get in now and not have to go back and deep dive a bunch of lore. Really? I uh, might have to go check that out. I was thinking I did get distracted by being like, so you and Shadow want to be watching Wishbone. <laughs> The little Jack Russell Terrier. I think that might have been a Canadian I, show, but very popular I do Canadian remember show. Wishbone, yeah, Wishbone yeah, yeah. reenacted famous literary books. I've dug myself into a word hole here. Uh, yes. Yeah, he, he reenacted classical literature stories, yes. book stories, dog. I don't yeah. know. You know what I'm trying uh, to yeah, say. Yeah, it, it would be like Wish, you know, it'd be like the story of like Oliver Twist, but Oliver Twist is played by Wishbone. It would be the Jack like, Russell. Yeah, <laughs> Gulliver's Travels, but Gulliver is Wishbone. Like, Wishbone would always be, like, the lead And we got to bring back Wishbone. Now, that I, was a great show. There is one show on Netflix that I don't know if you and Shadow have watched, but you must. And I don't know if it's still on. So, everybody listening, I don't know if this is a relevant story. But okay, I just want to make you all aware that sometimes Ben and I are just talking. And that's cool because that makes us authentic. <laughs> that's true. This is also um, for public consumption. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and also for public uh, consumption. So that's um, this it's got Will Arnett, and it's a detective show, <laughs> but it's improvised. Murderville Mysteries. Murderville Mysteries. It is yes. all like there's so a special good. guest. It's on there. Yes, it's, it's still amazing. on there. That's a Netflix show. It's absolutely on there. Uh, I think they're, I'm sure they're making a season two. They did a holiday special. I don't know if you check that out, but there's a holiday special out there and that's, it's great. The first season, nobody knew what the show was. It seemed like every time they get introduced by the time the holiday specials around, they know what it is. So I'm really curious to see what season two looks like when there's no question as to what this show is. And you know, and then all the weird interactions with Will Arnett's character are amazing. It's so good. For anyone listening, basically, like, you know Ben and I love improv. So what it is, is it's it's an improvised TV show, which I just think that concept is so cool. Because once you start digging into something like that, 
once you start digging into that, you it can really go a lot of different ways. So it's there's every episode is like a murder mystery and Will Arnett's character is the detective and he always has like a new sidekick, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like the cameos are amazing, but I think everybody but Will Arnett knows who the murderer is. I think. He, yes, and, actually, I don't know that Will Arnett know or no, I think he Will doesn't Arnett know. Might, does he not know? Oh, at the I end, because at the last scene, he has to guess. He genuinely no, has guess, to guess. The oh, guess the guest has guess. to guess. Right. So, so I think Will Arnett giving you maybe the right does know. Yeah, he. Yeah. So it's just it's all played out like, between yeah, the two like and the Ken Jong's there, and then Ken Jong yes. is like trying to help you know do it, uh, figure out what's going on. At the end of it, they're like, "All right, pick between these three dudes." Ken Jong, who did it? Uh, and it's it's very fun. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't get it right. And either way, it's a it's a lot of fun. My favorite is a, a, cute, a couple episodes. Will Arnett breaks a little, and you can see it. I love that stuff. I, yes. I'm a big fan of that. Like when when they're like an SNL sketch has people break out into laughs. I know some people are kind of down on that a little bit. Not me. I could watch Jimmy Fallon crack up uh, in an SNL sketch <laughs> just completely. That's it. That's the whole sketch at that point. Like I'm into that. I love that shit. I, I do agree with you. Sometimes it's hit or miss. Like I think it's good if the people are actually good enough that they're capable of keeping it together because then when you see them lose it and crack like Jimmy Fallon, that's just all he did was that's basically if you're going to have him in a scene, he was going to laugh. But it is when you see people that are like such good actors and you never see them break, but they kind of show the comedy there a bit and it reminds you that they're real and it shows you the fun because that's sort of what makes the show, yeah, funnier to me because it is, it's not scripted. And if everybody was dead on and it was just perfect and they played it just right, it wouldn't be as funny as when you're literally looking at somebody squirm on camera and I just think yeah, the, like yeah, yeah. the side characters are so good. And I think for me as an improviser, I would love that. The ability to really oh, yeah. dig into a character and then have to like operate like them. Uh, yep. It's so, it's so cool. I wish oh, the and- improv was more. Yeah. I love, I would love to be just involved in that. Like, wouldn't that be neat to be, cause like they have live people play the dead bodies. So then, like, they're getting close to real people, and sometimes they, like, giggle a little, and, oh, my God, I don't know. I love that stuff. Like, I would play uh, police officer eating bagel in back of scene in one of them shits so fast. Just to watch? Just just to be, like, oh, that guy's eating a bagel back there. Like, that, you know? I did one, actually, like, when I was still in Toronto, George Brown event program, Part of Uh their event program that gets their degree is they have to put on an event. Uh, And they this specific event that they were doing was a murder mystery. And I saw a casting call where it like came to my ears that you could audition. And it was a 1920s mystery. And I actually got to be the murderer. But it was the like the six actors. There was like a few scenes throughout the night that were semi scripted. And then we all knew what was going on. But when we weren't doing it, we had to go up to the guests and like talk to them in character. And it was just so fun because people did not expect, it was like real guerrilla acting. So like, I'd have to walk up and be like, oh, did you see this person? Like they did that. And you'd like plant the seeds 
to like help guide them so that the the Ooh, whole like there was what? like a hundred or something like it was not a hundred probably like 50 tickets were sold so a bunch of random people like students bought tickets but there was only six of us in on it and throughout the whole night with past apps and drinks and stuff this merger happened and it was so much fun to like because they would be talking to you and you just to not break character and you Jeez. could say whatever you wanted and you could be as like extreme in your character as you wanted and like just walk up to people's conversations and like interrupt it. It was so much fun. Nice. I would do that again in a heartbeat. Any chance to long form improv for like gorilla style would be great. Very cool. We'll make it happen one day. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be uh, eventually we'll start putting on Chunky Peanut Butter Live and it'll be a we'll do a murder mystery. We'll do a murder mystery yeah. show. <laughs> That would be amazing. I have one day it would be like great. us yeah. and our like 20 listeners. No, we have more listeners. Yeah. Well, they come sure. and go or they all well, come and some We'll, we'll throw the net pretty wide if we put on a murder mystery show. Like there's there's a oh, yeah. there, it, it'll take a couple months to get that together once we commit to doing it. But I think between the two of us, we could put on one knock your dick in the dirt murder mystery show together. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let us no, know I, if you want a murder mystery show. Yeah, one, yeah. If you're thinking you're, give us hey, time. You know. No, don't give us time. If there's money, we got time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give if you're gonna money. pay for it. Yeah, if you're if if you're see, hearing this and you're thinking, man, those guys just they they those two just need money thrown at them to get this murder mystery thing going. Let it let it fall upon us. Like oh, we're yeah. ready like, to accept our philanthropist France. niche. Philanthropist yeah, our, our brands yeah. or that Ooh. rich millionaire that's listening in. Oh, how about this? How about this? What if there's like uh, financial subs out there, right? Those people that like they, they want a financial dom. Like you can't give us enough money. You yeah, give you me worth, money. You worthless scum. You can't give yeah. us enough. We'll you, spit give, on you. Give, give us a bunch of money and I'm going to tell you just how much it ain't enough. All right. So like also if you do end up sending us money, let us know which one of those you want cuz yeah. I can see it being pretty confusing one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Please send the money and then be very clear. Or if you want to just send like a lump sum <laughs> in a mysterious donation, we're open to like <laughs> thousands or hundreds of thousands. I just um, I, I just picture you accidentally sending a note to like my mom or my aunt or something that says, "Uh thanks for the donation, you pay pig." It'll never be enough. <laughs> and then, it's, sorry, Sandra. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Sandra. That was uh, we got we got our wires crossed on. Which thank you for the donation towards yeah, the murder mystery. Very, very excited. Very excited. Yeah, didn't mean to spit on you. <laughs> okay, but you know what we will do, other than spitting on people. Oh no, wait. You know what you should do? Oh, we'll do it for money. They should tell two friends. You should tell. Two friends, three friends, three friends. Tell them to tell a couple friends about Chunky Peanut Butter podcast. Yeah. Keep it to uh, thirty so that we can care about each other. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, tell yeah, the yeah. thirty if, people. If we get less than thirty people, or we get more than thirty people, I guess we just become completely disassociated oh, yeah. from reality. They don't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> they don't at that point, yeah, we're too big. We're too big at that point. So keep it under thirty, but uh, let a few people know. You're right. Hey. Like. We are just everybody important milestone to work Ooh. towards. We are currently at 800 overall listens, which means we're 200 ish listens away from a thousand. And then Ooh. we'll have a party 
funded Ooh, by our exciting. philanthropist. Yes, yes. You you dirty dog. You don't have it down there to give us a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, or or oh. please, it would be wonderful. We would love to put on a murder mystery for anyone. And we feel incredibly confident in our ability to do so. Yes. And I wonder, I want to know who you think of Ben and I would be the better murderer. Ooh, and because then the other one can one of us green light to, to do looks, murder. I think one of yeah. us looks much more like a murderer than the other one. Well, it could be. One, one of us yeah. is like a dark alley murderer and the other yeah. one's a poisoner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of describing the difference. Yeah. One of us drags you under a bridge. The other one looks you dead in the eye as you slowly slip into unconsciousness. <laughs> Part of me is like, I don't want to offend you, Ben, but I might be offending myself. I'm not actually sure which one is worse. And I'm not which sure one, it's bad I, that I, I have a preference. Worse. Uh, I think they're both bad. But yeah, like, <laughs> hey, who, which one would be the murder mystery person? Maybe it's a swerve and it's neither of us. We have a plant. Yes. Ooh. It would be one of our one of our partners because they both have podcasts too, which is right. a whole other ball game because both of them could be murderers too. Right. Yeah. We gotta we gotta throw people off the scent already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so tell yeah tell people about the murder mystery. It's happening. We just need to figure out you know money and time and everything about it. But other than that, it's on. It's a green it, it light. Will. Yeah, and uh, follow on social media. Follow, uh, I almost plugged just me. Just follow me. Yeah, follow Chunky having... Peanut Butter or yeah. at that Ben Ball. That's Ben, that's and then me. Growing Wild Heather is me. It's easy because it has our names. Yeah, that's uh, everything linked in the Nassler. description. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all in there. So awesome. this was fun. This was, fun. and I will save yeah. what I had today for the next time. Awesome. The next time. So thank you for listening, everyone. Hopefully, you enjoyed this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hope you enjoy it. Talk soon.